Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the motivation, the inspiration, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget to subscribe and never miss an episode. Today I want to talk to you about serving. I talked about this quite a bit in episode 158, the last episode, and I thought, you know what, let's wrap this week up by talking about serving. If you're in business, if you're a small business owner, regardless of whether you're a service-based business, the clue is in the title, or whether you're a product business, you are in the business of serving your customers. You're giving them an experience, you're selling them a product that's going to benefit them in some way. Or you are a service-based business and you're providing a service that supports them in some way or helps them achieve something else that they're working towards. Regardless whether you're a product-based business or you're a service-based business, you are in the business of serving. That's what we do. We want to get out there and we want to help. We want to support. We want to improve people's quality of lives. We want to aid them. We want to support them. We want to help them progress their goals, their outcomes, their ambitions. This is what you're in the business of, regardless of whether you're a marketing expert, whether you sell marbles, whether you sell TVs, whether you fix TVs, whether you do underfloor heating, you build extensions, whether you're an accountant, a HR executive, a business coach, we're all here to serve and support. This is what small business does. All small businesses exist to serve, to support, to help in some way, in some capacity. If we look back to our historic past, all people were small business entrepreneurs. They all existed. The baker, the farrier, they were all there to support and serve everybody else in the community. Then we went through the Industrial Revolution. It's all about factories. And then we went into the corporate era. And then we went out of the corporate era and we went into the technology era. But if we look back through our history, predominantly businesses were all small businesses and they only existed because they served in some way, some form, some shape. Typically, I spend most of my time talking to small business owners about actually getting into the commercial aspect of their business, the sales aspect of the business, making sure that they're profitable, making sure that they're making the money they need to make in order to be viable businesses. Because I get it, most small businesses automatically understand the very nature of small business, which is they're there to help, support and serve. However, I wanted to use the day to really get you to think maybe a little bit deeper about the concept of serving, the concept of supporting, helping other people. Because when we think about, you know, serving, we typically think, yeah, you know what, I want to do a brilliant job. I want to give you an amazing service, an amazing product. You know, you give them 20 hours, even though you've only sold them 10 hours, that kind of thing. And that kind of thinking to some degree might not make total commercial sense, given your overall business model. What I want you to think about going into the weekend is about the service you provide. So it's less about doing a great job, making a great product. I assume you do. 
many small businesses, they completely over-deliver, and that's why they can come into commercial problems, commercial issues. I want you to think about the actual service that you offer people. Standards in service over the years has diminished incredibly so. Like, we don't even remember sometimes. We don't think back to what it used to be like. If you're like me and, you know, you've got a good few decades under your belt, you don't have to think too hard to see how the service you're getting, let's say, from your bank today absolutely pales into insignificance compared to maybe what you got when you were younger. And certainly if you start thinking back to your parents and the kind of service that they would have got from their bank, when you think about the service that you got from providers 30 years ago, and then think about what your parents got maybe 40, 50 years ago, depending on how old you are, you might be going back to your grandparents. I'm showing my age now. You go back and you realize that we just don't expect or get anywhere near the level of service that we used to get. So I want to share with you a story to highlight this. And this blew me away when my mum told me this story the first time a handful of years ago. And I looked at it and I went, could you ever imagine this ever happening in today's world, right? My mind was blown. So let me tell you this story and you tell me what you think. So my mum, let's go back, I think it's probably best part of about 40 years plus now, she switched banks. The reason she switched banks is she and my dad had a business and when they opened the business, they were instructed that basically they had to transfer their main bank account from NatWest, I'll name them, to another bank, which I won't name, because the business went through a different bank for whatever reason. So they were told to basically consolidate their private accounts with the same bank as they were for their commercial accounts. My mum, I think it was like two weeks, three weeks later, my mum habitually pulled out her checkbook, remember those things? Pulled out her checkbook and she wrote a check, a personal check, a private check from her NatWest account that she'd closed three weeks earlier, made the purchase and then went on without thinking anything of it. A number of days later, she gets contacted by NatWest Bank, her branch, highlighting that she'd made this mistake. They said, we're sure that it was just a mistake and therefore we have honoured the cheque and would you mind popping by at some point and reimbursing us with the amount? My brain like exploded in my skull. The thought of like any business, I'll be honest with you, major business behaving like that, let alone a bank, blew my mind that a business would even operate like that. That's how conditioned we are now to the substantially lower levels of service that we get today that my mind could not compute a bank would honour a cheque for an account that had been closed weeks earlier and then made contact with the person to say, I'm sure it was a mistake, we've honoured the cheque, would you mind popping by and reimbursing us? My mind exploded. Now, I get it. There's a whole load of reasons commercially why that probably changed. I get it. I know there's a whole load of social reasons that may have changed. And I understand how banking has massively changed over the last 40, 50 years. I get all of that. But fundamentally, that's a level of service worth talking about. So I get it. If you're a bank now, you're not. Why would you be listening to this podcast? But if you were a bank, I understand how there's a whole load of commercial reasons why that might not be viable. But I want you to ask the question, given the business that you're in, given what it is that you do, 
You know, what level of service are you truly giving? Are you just tirelessly slaving for many hours more than what you've sold them? And you think that's great levels of service. So you're damaging your business. Plus, you're working your fingers to the bone. Plus, it's probably not what they truly appreciate anyway, because they're just paying for an outcome at the end of the day. Or are you truly looking at the experience you want to give your customer base? How do you want them to feel? How do you want them to think? More importantly than maybe all those things, what is it you want them to say to other people? Can you imagine back then what my mum would say? I tell you now, 40 years later, 50 years, whatever it is later, she'll still talk about how NatWest Bank were amazing and how this other bank who they had all kinds of problems with, and she has a whole lot of stories, by the way, about the new bank and the problems she had there. You know, which one would you rather be? Which one would you rather have someone talking about? Well, I get it. If someone's talking about something that happened 40 years ago, it might not be relevant today. But I want you to take the lessons from that and think today, what is it you want people to be saying about you, about your service, your products? What do you want them to say about you personally? Their experience that they have with your products, your service, or you personally? Because here now, when you blow someone away, they'll talk about you. They have to share that information. I'm here now recording the story on a podcast right now. This isn't the first time I've told this story either. This story stuck in my head from the first time my mum told me, and it it still blows my mind today, and I use it as an example of where we're at now in the world and the level of service that we expect in the world. And therefore, as business owners and small business owners, are we truly, really giving the level of service that we think we're giving, or... Are we just giving what we think is high levels of service based on our low expectations of what we get from elsewhere? So I want you to go into this weekend and just think about how the hell could you live up to that kind of expectation? How could you live up to the greatest endorsements that anyone could ever say about you, your service, your product, or your business? You know, how could you live up to an expectation that you have for your clients to be talking about you, your product, your service, and just saying, do you know what? This is going to make your head explode. This. I'm going to share you one more story. This is a much more recent story, and this is with Apple. And I use this sometimes as an example of why people who buy Apple stick with Apple. There's a whole load of reasons, by the way, right? Amazing marketing, sexy-ass products. They also tie you in through various technical, you know, traps, okay? But fundamentally, right, Apple give unbelievable service. They they really do, right? Now, I'm not saying their business is perfect in every way, shape, or form. I get that. I'm not saying that at all. But when you go to the Apple store, you get incredible service, right? And that's because fundamentally, Apple have always hired for attitude rather than skill sets, right? They hire the right people rather than the right skills, okay? And this pays off, and many people talk on stages, it's in books, about how this is a really good hiring strategy because fundamentally, you can train skills, but attitudes are a lot harder to change. But here's a true, genuine story, right? And this is blew me away, right? I mean, this is... Probably the last time I've been blown away by a big company, and it's probably one of the only times in recent history where I've been truly blown away by high levels of service. And, you know, if I go back before that, it was probably Apple Store again, if I'm honest, about five years before that. But the laptop that I'm recording this on right now, I had it on a pedestal. It fell off a pedestal and the screen shattered. I took it into Apple Store and I was expecting to have to pay. I can't remember what they are. It was something ridiculous, like 600, 700 pounds just for the screen, I think it is. 
And I'm in there thinking, right, this is going to be really expensive, okay? The guy comes up to me, he looks at the model, and he says, hang on a minute, we did a recall on these over the last 12 months. He went away, came back, right, with a bloody magnifying glass, and he's looking over the screen because there were certain blemishes and flaws that showed up on these screens. They did a recall on them, and they were basically replacing the screens free of charge. My screen was shattered into about a million pieces, and he's looking for the flaw. He finds the flaw in the screen. He then turns around and says, right, I can replace this under warranty. Now, get this. I dropped the laptop. I told him about it. I, you know, I was honest about it. He didn't just spontaneously disintegrate you know, in front of me. I dropped this laptop from about two meters high or a meter and a half at least high. You know, it was all my fault. It was all my responsibility. They found the floor. There was a recall in the last 12 months. He didn't have to go out there and look for the floor. He didn't have to try that hard to find the floor because he really did. He spent a good few minutes looking over this thing every inch to try and see if it had this floor. So I got a brand new screen, completely free of charge. Three months later, having never broken a computer screen in my life apart from the one I just had replaced, three months later... I break the new screen. I'm thinking, damn, this is going to be expensive. I thought, you know what? I got away with it last time. Fair dues. I'm going to just have to pay the money, right? I take the laptop. I book it into the Genius Bar. I go to Apple Store. I take it there. The guy comes out. Guess what? Again, he searches all over the screen. He's looking for a floor. He's looking for the recall floor. And you know what? He found one. Now, this floor was completely invisible to me, had been completely invisible to me. Again, my screen is smashed into a million bloody pieces. But again, he took the time out, a different guy, to look for the floor, to see if the floor was there, because the floor was there. I was entitled to a free screen. So guess what? I got a second free screen. I don't know what these things are. I'm sure they're like 700 quid or 800 quid or something incredible, right? And I know people are always criticizing apples for being so expensive. And I'm sure there's people out there that might think, well, hang on a minute, they replaced your screen with another screen that had the floor. I want you to understand this. The floor was completely invisible to me. I didn't know there was a floor in the first screen. And I certainly didn't see any flaws in the second screen. They had to really, really hunt to find whatever this bloody blemish was, this floor was. And as soon as the floor was there... I got a free screen, completely free of charge under warranty. Blew me away. When was the last time you received service like that? When was the last time that you felt compelled to share that story? The NatWest story, I've shared it many times. This story with Apple Store, I've shared it over and over again. I think I've even shared it on this podcast at some point in the past. When was the last time that you felt compelled to go and tell someone about incredible service, where a company did something that they didn't have to do. You know, it was the right thing to do, but they didn't have to do it. Or when did they do something where it wasn't necessarily even the right thing to do? There was no obligation on them to do it, but they did it because they just wanted to make life easier for you. Or they just appreciated where you were coming from and they wanted to help you or support you, make life easier for you, better for you. When was the last time that happened? I tell you now, you went out and you told other people. So what do we think about here now? Of course, Apple's model, right, works that they can do that, okay? The screens are like 800 quid to start off with. They're expensive screens. When you pay for a screen, you are obviously paying a decent amount of money for that screen. The Apple laptop, in the first place, you know, you're looking at thousands of pounds for a good top-end Apple laptop like the one I'm using right now. So, of course, in the model, they can afford 
to do what it is that they're doing. So I'm not saying that every business owner should go out there and give hundreds of pounds worth of stuff for free for no reason at all. It has to be commercially viable. You have to build it into the model of the business so it makes sense to you. But I want you to ask, given the model that you've got right now, what is it that you could do? Think back to some recent transactions and think, how could I have made that a better transaction? How could I have served better? Not give them more hours, not even necessarily give them more product, not necessarily give them a discount or anything like that. Just how could you have given them an experience that would make them want to go out and talk about it? What could you do in your business that you could do that wouldn't cost you the earth or maybe it would cost you a amount of money, but you built it into the pricing. So you say, you know what? I can't afford to give the service that I want to give. So guess what? Readdress your pricing structures so you can afford to give the service you want to give. Obviously, it's a big topic and it's one cog in the whole business model. But I just want you to think about when the last time that you got blown away with service that you received, how you reacted, how you felt, what that meant to your loyalty to that brand, to that company, and what it meant in terms of what you said to other people. Think about, you know, poor customer service, because you talked about that as well. What we have is a epidemic of mediocre service. It's not good enough to talk about. It's not shit enough to talk about. It's forgotten. So what when you think about it, is instead of getting, you know, forgotten, worse than that, I don't want you being talked negatively about. Let's start focusing on what you can do where other people go out there and sing your praises without you asking to. One of the things we're most proud of here at Success Groups and Extreme Growth Mastermind, one of the things we're most proud of is when our members spontaneously go out on social media and they just sing our praises. We haven't paid them. We haven't asked them to. We haven't prompted them to. They just feel the urge. They have an experience. They have a moment. It could be in a session or it could be talking to someone in my business It could just be, you know what, something's happened in their life, they reflect back, they look at what we've done for them, they feel grateful for that, and they feel like they want to go out there and they want to sing our praises, they want to say good things about us. It absolutely blows me away. Beyond getting a great testimonial, beyond getting a great case study, I love the spontaneousness of people where they feel they just want to shout about how fucking great you are, right? It's an amazing feeling, and of course, It is incredible in terms of the collateral for your business. Have a little think about that going into the weekend. A longer one than normal this Friday. But think about how you can serve. Think about the level of service that you give people. Think about how you can increase that while it's still making commercial sense to your overall business. Think about how maybe your own expectations of service have dropped so far because of what we get in the world today that maybe... We're not giving the level of service that we actually would choose to give if we had a different set of scales that we were working to. And actually, you know, what we're giving is kind of decent service compared to the world today. But if I was to compare it to the my experiences with Apple Store, compare it to my experience that my mum had with Nat West all those years ago, it's like, shit, man, maybe I need to up my game a little bit. Have a think for yourself, going to the weekend. I hope you have a good one doing whatever it is that you are doing. Don't forget the six-figure fast track is there waiting for you. If you are a small, ambitious business owner, 
maybe 10K, 20K, 30K, 40K, maybe even done 50, 60, 70, but you haven't yet hit 100K and you want to know what's it going to take to hit 100K or more in the next 12 months or less, get yourself on the six-figure fast track. You can find that at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I'll drop the link in the descriptions of this episode as well. You can get yourself on that. It's a webinar masterclass. It's waiting for you right now completely free of charge. You'll also see a link there to our next live workshops where we go through the same content but I'll be honest with you these are longer sessions they're interactive sessions we have an hour of Q&A where I answer specific questions about what it is that you need help on and support on in order to move your business forward you'll see a link to those live events as well go and check that out I will see you Monday have an awesome one and until then as always be successful leveling up extreme business growth through raising your game When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.